I'm going to be continuing uh, the talks, the, the, the fourth or last talk in our series of, between my, my brother Osho Brad and myself of walking through the, the four divine abidings or awakened abodes, the Brahma Viharas. Uh, this last one is on joy. So we, we, of course, Brad started talking about metta or loving kindness, and then I talked about equanimity or pekka. Uh, Brad talked last week about uh, karuna, compassion, and I'll be talking about joy or mudita. And I thought, I thought going into this talk that this would be a real easy one to talk about because uh, just this past weekend, we got to celebrate something really, really, really cool in my life, which was uh, my son was, had a major role in his high school musical, and they, they had five performances over uh, between Thursday through Sunday. And my wife and I and my family and all sorts of folks and people we know and friends got to celebrate watching him be him. I mean, that, that's really what it was. Sure, he's playing a role and he's singing songs, but, but it was him being the person he most wants to be uh, in this big, crazy, loud, spectacle kind of way. And it was awesome. And I just assumed going into it, I was like, well, it'll, it'll be easy to talk about joy next week because it was pure joy watching him. But um, <laughs> at, at the close of the last... Uh, the last performance, you know, after, after all the, the craziness, you know, you go out to the lobby and there, all the kids that are in the production are uh, hugging everybody and going crazy and there's pictures and, and of course our son is like, you know, like a bumblebee, you know, you know, and, and it, which also is like pure joy watching him get to celebrate, you know, that they did this incredible job, and it was super duper cool, and the show was great, and the talent, oh my goodness, like, uh, it just blows me away what, what kids can do. I don't remember kids in high school, when I was in high school, being able to do uh, what, what they can do today. Maybe, maybe we could, didn't, didn't feel that way. Uh, but then at some point, we hugged them real hard goodbye, and we left. We went out to the car, and, th and that was it. And my wife and I, you know, all the relatives had gone their separate ways. The friends had gone their separate ways. Our son had a cast party and stuff and striking the set. So, so it was just my wife and I. And uh, the car ride home. And, and then, you know, pretty much that whole night and, you know, much of the next day, it, it felt like grief it, it, to just cut right to the, to the chase. It, uh, it was over. And, uh, you know, this period of, of his life of, you know, growing up and I'm going to stick with this recording because we're pretending like there's a real sangha here. We're going to have that coming up. So I'm not redoing it. Uh, you know, my, my wife said to me, Wow, that's that's the last high school musical. That's it, and and it's not just the last high, high school musical. It's uh, he's going to college. He's moving away. This period of um, our role in that in this way with our son is 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 going to change. I, I'm 
mindfully choosing not to say the word ending, that it is changing. And it was tough. Yeah, you know, I want my son to watch all my Dharma talks and, you know, <laughs> if he wants. But I kind of don't want him to know that, that you know, behind the scenes, his mom and I are, are, are like, wow, what a, what an end. You know, what a, what a change. And, and all of a sudden, that, that joy that was so profound during the period, you know, the excitement up to the performances and then the, having the performances, uh, changed to something else. And, and uh, in preparing for this, I, I felt like, wow, well, I guess that threw out my whole easy, well, it'll be easy to talk about joy, you know, how can joy come to transition so quickly to something so profoundly uh, sad or, or feeling sad? And it dawned on me and, and sort of mindfully working it out, you know, using the tools that we, <laughs> that we have here, right, that we teach here, that I teach. <laughs> you know, if, it, if there's ever any thought that you Buddhist priest or Buddhist of any kind, be it, you know, a little Buddhist priest in central Pennsylvania or the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh or the Buddha himself, if there's ever any thought that that just equates to no more suffering, then, you know, uh, allow me to, <laughs> allow me to elucidate. Doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that. The first noble truth is is human suffer. And as long as I'm a human, I'm going to suffer. As long as any of us, anyone, no matter who they are, no matter what role they have, no matter what robes they put on, it, it means suffering will continue. And the tools we use to, to mindfulness, meditation, any of the noble uh, eightfold path, you know, the, the way we see the world, the way our intent, or, you know, the kind of work we do, the actions of speech, uh, it's all about being able to, to experience these moments of suffering and do something with them. Uh, do, do something um, clear about them. So in doing that, uh, it, it dawned on me that the whole thing, the whole uh, experiencing the, the performances and going through them with them, and then experiencing this profound sort of sadness um, was very much like, it felt very much like that metaphor for being in the middle of a river, you know, uh, facing upstream, um, upstream, upriver, up torrent, right? And that life is like that, just like, just stuff coming at you. And I'm in the river and I'm fighting the, the stream coming at me and some of it's really good and I welcome it, like performances of my son and I get to do them stuff. And then some of it comes immediately afterward and it's, it's not... It, joyful. It's, it's rough and it's grief and it's, it's these thoughts of an end of an era and, and what are we going to do with ourselves now and all, all that kind of stuff. What is life going to be for us? You know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I realize, you know, with that, that being in the middle of the river is very much like how most normal life feels for, I'm, I, I'm sure, many of us. And as these things come or like, you know, my role as a dad to a kid who lived here, you know, for coming on 18 years, you know, I am attached to it. And, and, you know, he's, he's going downstream, right? Like he's, but I'm not letting go, you know, I'm using every ounce of strength I have to, to, 
you know, not let go of that, of that change, right? And so what can I do about it? And thinking about these four um, awakened abodes uh, uh, provided some relief because, of course, I, I mentioned before uh, when I was talking about equanimity that they come from a place of wisdom. They come from a place of clarity or right seeing. And that uh, if I can find that inner peace in seeing things clearly, then love will awaken. And out of love, joy will exist, but without attachment, without a need to hold on to it, because I'm no longer getting uh, something from that attachment, right? In fact, I'm, I'm getting pain from that attachment. I'm getting suffering from that attachment. So I can experience the joy of witnessing uh, him do his thing and be him. And I can also then find room for compassion to come in to, for my wealth, for my wife, for myself, you know, to see the suffering and, and recognize that that was inevitable. I don't know how I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't, how did I not see that coming? But I didn't see it coming. I just was only thinking of the joy. And so it hit me like a fist to the jaw. And I realized that then these four awakened abodes, no surprise here, are every bit as connected as everything is, that they're all interconnected, that, that I only find the real joy of it when I can see it clearly. And how do I see it clearly? I get out of the middle of the river. <laughs> I can make my way over to, to the shore. The moment I can get over to the shore, and now I'm not subject to the river as it's coming my way, I can see the whole thing. I can see the flow of the whole thing. I can see what brought my son to that performance and, and my part in it, my wife's part in it, and all of our part in it. I can see his grandparents and their grandparents, you know, building up to this moment. I can see the performance go downstream. But I can also realize that for him and for his life, the, the river is still running. There's like life that is coming, that this, this idea of an ending is only seeing like one slice of it, one cut of it, that, uh, that it's, it truly is just a change, that nothing is ever really an ending. Everything is interconnected, that the suffering we experience is temporary, just as the joy of the performances was temporary, right? The happiness, the pleasure of it, you know, if, if you attach to them, then they become those eight worldly winds that we talked about a few, I don't know, a month ago or so, right? But the moment I can experience it loosely, holding it loosely, recognizing that it's going to flow away, uh, and being grateful for it as it's here, the sooner I can, I can experience the peace of knowing that this is how it is. This is how life not only has to be, but this is how it should be, right? It helps me to recognize, standing on the shore, out of the river, that I'm not some tiny little thing subject to the flow of the river and the luck of what it sends my way. But I'm not some stick getting battered by the torrent. But in seeing it, I see that I... I am the river. I am the whole thing itself. I am the things that were connected there that I get to experience. I am this profound, spacious being that 
gets to watch these things and gets to experience them. And in seeing the whole story, sort of the, the fear of needing to hold on to it, sort of I'm able to let it go. Because in letting go of my son's role as my son in the, whole, in the house is the very thing that allows him to go, go do the next awesome thing, right? Like the letting go is part of it for me too. When I, when I see it clearly, it, remi- it removes the delusion. It removes the attachment from the, from the experience. I'm no longer tied to one single moment in the river. I can see it sort of more clearly. I can see it as one. And all I'm left with is a profound feeling of love for him, for my wife, for everyone, for everyone who also had kids who might be suffering. I mean, that love awakens right to compassion for all the other parents who probably were experiencing the same thing. Uh, And I'm allowed to be helpful, be hopeful for the future, and, and be grateful for the moment that we got to experience it without needing to feel like um, who I am is somehow fundamentally damaged because the river's never damaged. The flow is the flow. I'm that. I'm not the thing that gets pushed around by it. I can help uh, Brad, I thought, in his talk uh, last week. He, he had... Uh, walked through a sending and receiving of compassion, a Tonglin. And I thought, uh, similarly, uh, with joy, you know, the, the, one of the immediate effects of joy is, is gratitude, right? Just like in one of the immediate effects of, of compassion is hopefulness, right? That, that as we know things change, that change is... Uh, in oneness, change is, is forever, and change is uh, always an opportunity for, for something new to be born, right? Uh, and that in compassion, that cha- we're hopeful for, for suffering to end and for some relief to come. And in joy, uh, we're grateful because we know that this, that this is temporary and that we um, are able to let it go. So in a similar way, I'd like to walk through a quick, um, a quick similar exercise or, or meditation with gratitude as the, as, the, as the basis for these moments where uh, maybe I'd, it's not so readily available uh, to myself or to others. And somehow I can remind myself mindfully of my connections to to everything, uh, to this radical notion of who I am is not being some little stick in the river that's getting beaten up, but this notion that I am fundamentally the whole thing. And so, with gratitude, I remember the people, the animals, the people who've come before, the insects, every creature, the sun, the ground, the water, that blesses my life every day that without it there would be no me. With gratitude, I remember the care and work 
of every generation, of every person that came before and has led to this very moment and this very opportunity. And I offer my gratitude for the safety and well-being of all beings. I offer my gratitude for the measures of health that I have been given and for all beings. I offer gratitude for my friends and family and community, my sangha, my friends, and how fortunate I am to have them in my life. I offer my gratitude for the teachings and lessons that have helped me to find clarity, and I offer them to all beings. I offer my gratitude for the life that I've been blessed with and for the life of all beings.